Coming up on Chasing the Natty, it's the week 10 preview. Week 10 already, guys, and we got a ton of game previews to get to you. We'll give you players to start in the highest scoring games of the week. In addition to that, the first playoff committee rankings come out tonight, and we're going to give you our thoughts. We have a very special guest on today, Mr. Brandon Sanders from the CFFU podcast. All of that and more coming right up. Goes to the end zone. Oh, what a catch! Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama! Watch out for Mr. Robinson. This kid is going to be special and is already flashing. This is Chasing the Natty, a college football fantasy podcast. All right, welcome in everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chase of the Natty podcast. I would say, as always, on the other side of me is my co-host Xavier Hood, but once again, he is taking care of some stuff this week. So I have brought on another wonderful guest for you guys. I was on his show a couple of weeks ago, had an absolute blast. So I figured I invited him on for the show this time around. It is Mr. Brandon T. Sanders from the CFFU, the College Fantasy Football University podcast. Brandon, how you doing today, man? Doing good, man. Thanks for uh, inviting me on. I'm uh, excited to be here. Uh, I know we can't have Xavier on, but shout out to Xavier. You're doing a great job, man. And uh, I'll hold it down for the Broncos fans out there this week. So absolutely, y'all. Y'all had a rough one. Uh, you trade away Von Miller. <sighs> yeah, that was a uh, that was an emotional day yesterday. So. And then uh, <laughs> uh, Noah Fant also liking messages that, about him getting traded. So uh, not sure I what's going not. on there. Well, uh, but not, but we'll see. When's the trade deadline? Is, is that already passed today, or is it? Uh, uh it's got to be done. I think by I want to say this coming Sunday. I think is okay. the cutoff. I want to say so very soon. Okay, very, fair very enough, soon, fair enough. But, but man, maybe pre- prepare yourself for more pain there. Regardless, we are not an NFL. <laughs> we are not an NFL podcast or show. We are a college football show, specifically college fantasy football, and we got a lot to talk about today. Uh, first, cool. we got the playoff committee rankings coming out tonight. We got the big matchups of the week. We'll be previewing those. And then in addition to that, we got the highest over-under games. We got a ton of those today to get through. And we will be providing you guys so much fantasy content with those. Uh, But before we begin, Brandon, can you just remind all the kind folks out there what you will work on and where they can find you? Sure. Um, I'm Brandon Sanders. Uh, You can find my personal Twitter. It's at Brandon T. Sanders. Uh, I am uh, the founder and creator of uh, College Fantasy Football University. Um, You can find us on uh, Twitter and on Facebook at CFF University. Um, You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok as well. We are at uh, College Fantasy Football U. Um, Basically, we started out a few years ago. Uh, We kind of did what everyone else uh, was doing, start sits, um, you know, recommendations, as far as like lineups, uh, we even did some spring game type of stuff and some freshman outlooks and things like that. Um, but uh, over the pandemic, we had time to kind of take a break and kind of focus on other things. So we actually focus more on uh, the price prop situation. We are, you know, sponsored by Prize Picks, So I always recommend people to kind of check that out. Really cool if you're not trying to focus on just the team aspect, if you're just looking at the player, it's perfect mm-hmm. for that type of situation. And it does it on fantasy points. So it ties in our love of CFF with you know the actual prize pop that's going on as well so we do one for the friday and saturday slate every single week um i know when we were on we hit 100 percent, and that is the highest of the season so i said we nailed it 
So the CT, the CTN crew is doing their thing. So uh, it was definitely a glorious week. And me and Jared did our victory laps. It was fantastic. So, uh, but hey, if you want to make some extra cash while you're setting your DFS lineups, as well as your, um, you know, your season roster lineups, uh, we got playoffs coming up. So once the playoffs is going, say if you're out of the playoffs, you have a chance to still play college fantasy football in a way. So definitely check that out. Uh, if you want to use the promo code at CFFU, so definitely would highly recommend, but uh once again, thanks for having me on, Jared. It's a blast. Uh, I, I love this show, and I'm glad to be on for the week to help you out. Hey, man, it was awesome being on your show, and I'm happy we hit 100% on that. I downloaded Price Picks since then. I've been playing around with it. Haven't put any actual money on things yet because I'm not too much of a gambler. But, you know, it's fun just picking out a couple of things at the like before the week starts and writing them down and just seeing whether or not you got it right or not. Again, you don't have to put any real money on it or anything like that, but it is just another fun way to look at fantasy. Um before we get started, as always, you guys know, know my spiel for YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed to us. Make sure you're hitting that notification bell, leaving comments down below, whether you are talking about how great uh, our, or what a great job we did going 100% on the CFFU show, or if you're telling me that, Jared, you need to shave a little bit more than you have been, or you probably need to uh, wash your hair a little bit longer. I love everything that you guys leave down there. I love the interaction. Speaking of interaction, Follow me on Twitter. I'm at CFF underscore Jared. My usual co-host, Xavier, he is at CFF underscore Xavier. Uh, make sure you're on uh, following us on the podcast platforms that you're listening to, specifically Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Those are our two biggest ones. And on those Apple Podcasts, leave those five-star reviews. We love hearing those from you guys. All right. We got a big show ahead of us, Brandon, so let's go ahead and get started. Uh, first things first, we're going to talk about here tonight. And by the time this comes out tomorrow, the rankings will have already come out. But uh, we're a couple hours removed from when those rankings will be released. And I do want to just go ahead and get your opinions on what do you expect with the first college football playoff rankings? What do you think the committee is going to be looking at this year? Like sometimes we see them uh, prefer a ton of good wins. Uh, Some years we see them prefer one big win. Sometimes they don't like bad losses and they'll really uh, push teams down that have just one really bad loss what do you think we're going to see from them tonight uh what we've seen in in times past they're looking for excitement i mean they got you know they got ad sales to to sell they got things they got to do they got to promote that dr pepper right so Mm -hmm. in order to do so they got to make sure that they they got some really good games going on we are not Uh, sponsored by dr pepper by the way we are not however shout out to pepsi and water in general but anyway (laughs) uh um I got this weird gut feeling that somehow our boys in Cincinnati, they're going to get pushed down, screwed out of the situation somehow. I don't like that because they've worked hard for that eight. No, and they've beaten Notre Dame. So I think they're Mm -hmm. very much worthy of the playoff contention. However, they might look at it as Cincinnati's got to play. If they are going to stay ranked two, they're going to have to play Alabama. They're going to have to play, you know, whoever is in that fourth spot. Is it going to be a good game like Notre Dame versus Cincinnati? Or are we going to see where Cincinnati goes up against their toughest opponent and it happens to be in the playoffs? Mm-hmm. And then, boom, everyone's bored by halftime and they're looking for another sport to watch and stuff like that. So it's like you kind of have to take those things into kind of consideration. I hope not because I think Cincinnati does deserve it. I think they can compete. 
Um, so that's one thing that I'm, uh, I only, I don't expect it, but someone's not going to, uh, someone's not going to make this playoff that probably deserves it like they should go on as well. So um, how about yourself, man? What are, what are your expectations? Uh, we all know that Georgia's number one. So well, yeah, gotta be, gotta be stoked about that. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm extremely stoked about that. And like, you know, at the life of a Georgia fan is waiting for the other shoe to drop constantly. I mean, the Braves yeah. are currently up three to two in the world series and we're go ready Braves. to, so many of us are waiting for those last two games where they just blow us out of the water all of a sudden. Let's hope um, not. It's been since 96, man. We need that dub. <laughs> oh, trust me, Georgia sports in general need a dub. Um, yes. Even still, uh, again, I agree with you 100%. Georgia's going to be number one. I don't expect Cincinnati to be two, but here's kind of, I guess it's a hot take now, but I do think we will see Cincinnati somewhere where I think people will say they were fairly ranked. And I'm going to okay. say that is going to be the four spot. Okay. I think my prediction for tonight is you're going to see Georgia number one. I think that's pretty clear to everybody. And then I think you're going to see some combination of Michigan State and Alabama will be mm. those two, three spots. I don't know how much they're going to give Michigan State credit for their win against Michigan. Obviously, it was a top 10 team last week. So that's better than really any win that Bama has right now. And obviously, Michigan State doesn't have a loss yet. Bama does. Uh, but also, when you... Do the conglomerate of Bama schedule versus Michigan State schedule. Bama probably has the better schedule overall. But even so, I think it'll be some combination of those two. Then I think you see Cincinnati there at four. I think they're ahead of Ohio, or I think they're ahead of Oklahoma. I think they're ahead of Ohio State. And I think they're ahead of Oregon. I also think Oregon will be ahead of Ohio State due to the fact that both of those teams still only have one loss. Now Stanford was a much worse loss than. Yeah. Uh, and Ohio State losing to Oregon, obviously. But again, Oregon has that head-to-head with Ohio State, and I think as long as those team, two teams are comparable at this point, you have to go with that head-to-head just for right now. Now, yeah. I think it's much more likely that Oregon catches another loss by the end of the year, so I wouldn't doubt that Oregon drops under Ohio State by the end of the year. But even still, I think just for right now, that's the only fair way to look at it, because otherwise, what are we doing? Why are we not even considering what the teams look like at this point? Yep. Um, and again, I guess the other thing I just kind of swept under the rug there was I don't think Oklahoma's in the top four to start off here. I think just two, yeah. they've, they've had five one possession wins against zero ranked teams so far That's this right. year. So yeah. I think the committee's going to punish them for that. And they'll have their chance to prove themselves. They have Iowa State, they have Baylor, they have uh, Oklahoma State as the remainder of their schedule. So I think they're going to be just fine if they do win out. But even still, for now, I think they're outside the top four. Yeah, and the hot take was, you know, I think it might have been you or it could have been uh, Mr. Lobb that we had on the show, but Oklahoma's 9-0, and but they should have several losses already. They just barely escaped, and mm-hmm. we're not even talking about their toughest opponents that are still to come. So one of these teams are getting they're getting screwed out of this 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 spot, and I think it is, what, six positions now? We have two more wild – we have two wild cards, right? It's not down to eight. It's six spots, right, in the playoffs? No, it's four. It's bound to still four? Okay, four. so they haven't started the elongated one. Yeah, they, yet. Okay. They, they're still debating whether or not they're going to expand to eight or 12. Um, okay. And honestly, I, like, I get, I, we haven't done a ton of like playoff like format talk on this show before yeah. and everything, so I guess a lot of people don't really know my opinion on the whole playoff expansion and everything. Mm-hmm. I like four. I do think it is because you typically see only true like three or four elite teams every single year if you even see that many. Um, and I think having it be at four really does make every game count in the regular season, um, to where it's a big deal when a team loses a game 
it's not just like a oh we're gonna be the eight seed now instead of the uh, second seed or whatever and everything like that. I think yeah. it does just add urgency to the regular season college football. But in addition to that, if we are going to expand, I don't hate the idea of including more teams. I don't. I now I think you'll see more blots. I do think that's going to happen, but I don't think that's going to necessarily kill the sport or even the postseason in general. What I am vehemently against is the idea of auto qualifying every Power Five champion and one group of five champion every year. I'm absolutely yeah, no. against that. You should not have a random five and se- or seven and five Virginia team make it to the ACC championship because they managed to win out a completely chaotic division, somehow upset like whoever's across from them and them still make the playoffs. That's wrong in my opinion. Right, yeah. I mean, though Wake Forest is ranked 10th, I mean, like, it's a shootout in the ACC, so mm-hmm. are they really deserving of it? No. Um, I mean, I come from, you know, me getting to the CFF, and that's another story for another day, but I come from the NFL realm of, realm of things. I really love the wild card. I love a Cinderella. So mm-hmm. NCAA, the tournament, no, there does not need to be 64 teams. There does not need to be conference champions. You should go off the AP Top 25 poll. I think it's important, like, get your top eight, maybe 12, if you want to expand it to that. Mm-hmm. And then some of those guys, I mean, look at UTSA, the meat meeps. I mean, like if they get into the top, you know, 12, say if there's a top 12, then you have literally the ultimate underdog taking on the number one ranked and, you know, say Georgia's on a tear for the next couple of years. And you guys are top dogs. You got UTSA versus Georgia. Who doesn't want to, I mean, nothing against you guys, but like uh, most of the country, oh, are gonna be like, I saying, UTSA. We'll be the opposite of Georgia. America's team at that point. Right. Even though like, you know, and you know, again, while that, Georgia, I, so. while I think that is definitely a fun idea, and like I'm not against like you know lesser guys getting into the into the conversation and stuff like that, I do think it is very rewarding to see teams be basically expected of near perfection throughout the season and everything. Because let's be honest, group of five teams really are already expected of perfection if they want to even have a sniffing chance of getting to the playoff right now. But yeah. even power five teams are held to a very high standard here, like. Zero. Two lost teams have made the college football playoff in the past uh, couple of years. Only one team that hasn't won their conference has, well, I guess we, we won't talk about Notre Dame, but even so, like, only one team that didn't even win their division has made the uh, playoffs before, and that team went on to win the whole thing. Uh, yeah. Of course, it was Bama, but mm-hmm. yeah, defeating my Georgia Bulldogs in 2017. Uh, I'm not bitter, um, but even still. <laughs> it's okay to be, Jared. It's okay to be. But it, you also <laughs> mentioned UTSA. Um, in terms of other teams that I, I guess well, I'll ask you, like, what's one surprise team that you think will make the top 25? Uh, which one, what's one team you don't think will make the top 25? My team I don't think makes the top 25. I think it's UTSA, regardless of the fact wow. that they're 8-0. and okay. no, I don't think you see them make it. They have one of the easiest, easiest schedules mm-hmm. in the country. And 130 teams, that's a lot. Or, that's, or yep. the, like, that's a lot of teams you have to have an easier schedule than for that to happen. Like again, they're not 130th, but they're pretty close. And I, I think the playoff committee is going to look at that and say, you are undefeated, yes, but you played one of the easiest schedules. You've had a lot of close calls so far and everything. You're not one of the 25 best teams in the country. And then the team I'm going to say is the surprise is going to be Arkansas. Currently outside of the AP yeah. Top 25, but look at their three losses. Georgia, I mean, a lot of people are going to lose to Georgia this year, let's be real. Um, they then lost by one point on a failed two-point conversion at Ole Miss. 
So that's one, that's another hard loss to a ranked team. And then their third loss is to a completely on-fire Auburn team right now who is sitting at number 12. We'll get into that game later. Um, and it was just a rough stretch for them. Those three road games in a row, Texas A&M, Georgia, Auburn, or Texas A&M, uh, Texas, Georgia. No, Texas A&M, Georgia, and then um, Ole Miss were all road games. Come home, get blown up by Auburn. They get a bye week, and now they're looking a little bit better uh, after that. But even so, I think those three losses, though the committee will realize that this might be the best three-loss team in the country. I think you'll see Arkansas make it into the top 25. Yeah, I could definitely see that occurring for sure, especially with the three losses. It was like a barely type situation. Um, they should have honestly went for uh, against Ole Miss and just took them to overtime. And you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I don't know if you take a, ha- a healthy Matt Corral in that offense into overtime. Right. I, I wouldn't have trusted that. True. I mean, I, I love the guts of it. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah. Like I, that's definitely college football to the T and I loved every second of it. And, you know, it's not even my teams and I was into the whole game, but at the same time, like, you know, when, when your rankings on the line, stuff like that, and you know, when it comes down to this, maybe, you know what I'm saying? Like, or at least trying to get the field goal, you know, to kind of go for it, you got to look at it at both aspects, but definitely love the call that he tried to go against. Uh, KJ Jefferson was on fire that game for sure too. Um, as far as surprise teams, um, uh, honestly, like, for me, like I don't see Penn State being in there. With three losses, really? I'm surprised they're still in here. To be honest with it, like I mean, this is a their personal losses. opinion. Okay, I'll, yeah, I'll... it's a personal opinion. But like three losses, like it, when you have these other teams that are only one loss, two loss, barely type situation, you shouldn't be in the top 25. I mean, like yeah, top 50, let's for sure. But when we're doing playoffs, man, like. Penn State, I, I get it. They're tough games, and Penn State has a much tougher conference for sure. I don't take anything against Penn State. I think they're an awesome team, and I think they're going to be in playoff contention for you know a couple years to come for sure. Uh, nothing against Sean Clifford, but if they get a prolific quarterback, it's all going to change probably pretty soon. So. Yep, yep. There we go. There's already some in the works there as well. Uh, but the team like I'm, I'm that I want to see honestly, Appalachian State, man. Fair enough. Really they, they only got yeah. one loss so far this season, right? Uh, two, but um, oh, I mean, right. they did beat they Miami did beat Coastal, and, then, and yeah. yeah, and uh, and they barely lost to Miami, and I get it. Like it was just a weird game, you know, weather conditions, things like that. But also, mm-hmm. they did beat Coastal Carolina, who's you know the pride and joy of of that division in the Sun Belt, and now App State sits at number one in the Sun Belt. Don't get me wrong, Sun Belt is not you know these these P five conferences and stuff like that. However, they've tro- they show grit and they've shown determination, and they just barely missed the AP top twenty five just this week. Um, if it's not App State, then I think NC State deserves to be back in there as well, even though they lost barely. Um, their their defense has like always been top twenty this entire year, and they've been ranked all the way up until this point. So, uh, although they're the rival, I have to give props where props is due in the ACC, and I think NC State's deserving of a top twenty five spot too. But App State or NC State, I think should deserve to be in the least top 25 and we'll talk about bowls and stuff like that when we get down the road, basically. So, yeah, regarding those two, I think NC state is absolutely somebody that you could absolutely see hop into that top 25 coastal Carolina does not deserve to be in the top 25. I don't care what the AP poll says that is entirely based on what they did last year. They played one of the easiest schedules so far. And as soon as they ran into somewhat tough competition, in Appalachian state, they folded like a wet paper towel and yeah, they're not going to be, I, I would be shocked if they're in the top 25, um 
I guess, and yeah, no, no, no other teams really sticking out to me. Mississippi State is an interesting team, I think, because yeah. they now got wins over the number tw- 13 team in Texas A&M, and they got wins over, uh, I believe they're now the number 18 team in Kentucky. So I think they're a team that might, um, might surprise a couple people there. Another three-loss team. But yeah, regarding Penn State, I think that Illinois loss is definitely going to haunt them. Yeah. Um, even though their other two losses come to Ohio State and Auburn, two top 15 teams there, obviously. Yeah, but nine um, overtimes against Illinois, man, that's a, that's a big red flag. Uh, I, keep, I, I, I keep saying, it, it was a really nine overtimes, it was two overtimes, and then a bunch of penalty kicks. But Pretty much. <laughs> and the new if, platform, yeah. But even still, uh, anything else I wanted to see here? Uh, nope, that pretty much covers our little playoff predictions, um, and every, or playoff predictions, uh, ranking predictions, stuff like that. So now we'll get into the meat and potatoes of the show you guys are used to with these previews. And we'll go ahead and start with these big matchups. Uh, we're not doing helmet games and additional games of interest because this is kind of a relatively quieter week in terms of big matchups. So I threw some of the additional games of interest as helmet games this week. But we do have our one ranked v ranked matchup of the weekend. That is number 12 Auburn at number 13 Texas A&M. A&M favored by four and a half points in this game. This is the 3:30 primetime game on CBS. So, Brandon, I'll let you start off with this one. What are your thoughts on this game? What are you expecting to happen? Who do you think will win? Well, one, I love a good uh, primetime game in the afternoon. That's always nice to have. Uh something that you can look forward to, especially after uh, I'm sure I'm going to be sweating bullets uh, with another game we're going to be looking at, which is my team versus Wake Forest coming up here in the shootout. So it'll be amazing to see these two guys collide and these, uh, these two giants. Um, I definitely would look at um, when we're looking at the game, uh, Texas A&M, you're looking at Spiller and Arching as far as your run to kind of get the uh, momentum going. However, um, Texas A&M does rank fairly highly in their run defense or excuse me Auburn ranks fairly highly in their defense as well so you might look at Anaya Smith this week possibly Mm -hmm. as far as a reliable choice Um, we we finally saw the reemergence of Tank Bigsby he's been hiding most of the season finally healthy he's back yeah he's healthy it looks like but he does run up against a a tougher run defense in Texas A&M as well so uh, a -a run-a-thon or a run game like we like to call it sometimes it might not Mm -hmm. be in the cards this week I would just temper expectations for tank Bixby. I don't think that you'd necessarily sit them because you've got to play your guys. If you have to, I get it. If there's better matchups, definitely go for it. But um, when the, you know, when rankings on the line and stuff like that, um, sometimes you got to rely on the studs. Yeah. You got to go on the studs just like we did. Uh, like we saw in Michigan and Michigan state, you just kind of have to hope for the best and hopefully someone breaks out. And that was definitely uh, our boy KW three last week. So, I mean, one of these guys are going to blow up and I'm, I mean, I'm thinking it might be, uh, I'm, I think Spiller might probably be the one that falls in the end zone. Mm-hmm. Our chain's one of your uh, change of pace back. So I think he's really good. If you're looking at PPR standing, he's got, a, uh, he's got that explosive ability. He, he can take almost yes. any touch he has to the house. And he's legit division one, like track star too. So like when he's not, Oh yeah, football. He's literally on the track field doing the things as well. Where Spiller is that um, NFL prospect that you're going to probably see as a backup and could work his way into a lead role uh, in the NFL. So uh, I'd have to say Anaya Smith and Spiller is the guys I'm looking at. And then Bigsby, yes, but tempered expectations. Um, I'm not too fond of uh, the wide receivers in Auburn just yet. I know they're they're producing, they're getting there, but I don't see like a huge, huge standout just yet. I, I would say there's nobody who's getting like a larger volume of the targets. Demetrius Robertson looked like he might have been that guy there for a couple right. of weeks, but he's kind of faded the last couple of weeks. Uh, maybe because he's getting double teamed now, people know and all that. But the yeah. thing that's interesting to me about this game, just really from less from a fantasy perspective, but more from just a football perspective, mm-hmm. 
there's like rumblings about Bama and the idea that Bama may not even make the SEC championship this year if they take another loss. And the two culprits behind that are the two teams we're looking at us right here in front of us, Auburn and A&M. A&M obviously has one of the biggest upsets of the year so far, taking down Bama in College Station. Auburn is now the team that everybody's pointing at on as that team on Bama's schedule later this year mm-hmm. in Jordan-Hare as, look out, Bama might take their second loss here. Bama's been struggling with a hot Auburn team every time they've gone to Jordan-Hare in recent years. And it's a completely fair, I think, a warning for Bama. Now, I don't think Bama's going to overlook Auburn by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's pretty much impossible for Bama. But even still, the winner of this game, to me, really takes over that narrative of who could go to the SEC championship if Bama were to take another loss. Auburn wins this game. Suddenly, they only have one loss in the conference. They beat Bama. They get that tiebreaker over Bama. They go to the championship. A&M... a&M wins this game. They um, they go um, they go on. They already have two losses in the conference because they did lose to Mississippi State. But if Bama gets another loss in the conference. They get that tiebreaker over Bama. And they go to the SEC championship. So I think both these teams got a ton to play for here. Um, I honestly I think it's a, one of the tougher games to choose here at the end of at the end of this. Auburn's coming in white hot. A and M looking like a much better version of themselves playing at home. I think I'm going to lean the Aggies here for the win here. So what do you think, Brandon? Oh, um, I think even with the momentum building, I think uh, there's much to be like, like, like you're talking about, there's playoff implications going on here. So I'm going to lean Texas A&M, uh, especially at home. I, I think they can kind of take the edge there. So mm. I think it'll be, I guess, like you kind of said, this is going to be a rough, tough physical game. I don't see really either team hitting 30 points. Definitely not 35, I think, but I I definitely would say that the... Well, I think the over-under of this game is, like, right around 50, so I think that's perfectly reasonable. Yeah. So, go ahead and move on to another game of interest here. Call this one a gut feeling for me, because uh, this is a game I think a lot of people would just kind of overlook. Number six, Ohio State at Nebraska. Uh, Ohio State, a 15-point favorite here. This is the noon game on Fox, the big noon kickoff mm-hmm. for Fox this week. But call this one a gut feeling. Nebraska, I, I joke about it, like if you see my Twitter and stuff like that, but it's like they're, they might be one of the best three and six teams of all time. Because yeah. um, they, the amount of close games they have been involved with, with great competition so far this year, has been absolutely insane. They just keep finding ways to lose. And it's one of those things where they gotta win a close one at one point like they gotta come out on the right side of this they played michigan state close who's going to be in the top four they've played mm-hmm. oklahoma uh who's definitely going to be in the, probably the top five they played a ton of the cl- michigan they played uh to a field goal pretty much it's like they got to come out on the right side of this at one point is that team ohio state this weekend when nobody's expecting it i don't know mm-hmm. call it a gut feeling and everything but i think there's more to this game than mci coming in this weekend what do you think brandon so you're thinking it's a trap game is what you're trying to say. I don't use that term because too many people use it incorrectly. <laughs> okay. Um, so it might be a, a tougher one for Ohio State. Um, I, I agree. Just uh, for transparency, uh, Martinez is an excellent pick for DFS this week. Like he's lower on the uh, the cash grab as well. Um, and he's one that people are kind of looking at as far as like not to pay high up on some of these quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And it's because Ohio State allows – 
this, uh, you know, both run and pass. Uh, this isn't the Ohio State defense that we're used to. Yeah, they got mm-hmm. a fantastic offense, but their offense is what's keeping them out of trouble right now currently in the year. Um, it's definitely not their defense currently right now. They have some excellent players, and they'll go to the pros, but they don't have it together like they used to where it was just shutting it down. We're talking like the Chase Youngs and different ones that have been there previously. Um, uh, I still have to lean Ohio State, but it's only because they're in desperate need of staying in this playoff contention. Uh, I think they're going to probably come up with some type of formula to try to shut down Martinez. Uh, they just have to keep him in front of them because if Martinez gets loose, then it's a trouble type situation for them. So if they can keep Martinez in front of them. I think it'll be a little bit easier of a game. But like you said, Nebraska just sticks around. They just know how to play football, if that makes sense. Those Cornhuskers, mm-hmm. man, they're tough. They're tough. There's just like Iowa and, and Iowa State and those type of guys. Like they just see them as like just blue bloods. And what they do is they just get down and get dirty. So uh, I don't think they're going to go away very easily, but I do think uh, Ohio State takes this one and keeps their uh, ranking going into the playoffs. One thing I just looked up while you're uh, talking about all of that, one thing that stuck out to me about last week's game against Penn State was how well Penn State was able to shut down Ohio State's prolific offense in the red zone. I thought that was yeah. one, I thought that was probably one of the biggest takeaways of last week's games. And I just went up and looked it up for Nebraska. They're 90th in uh, red zone defense, so I don't see them keeping Ohio State out of the end zone. They're going to have to outscore yeah. Ohio State in this game. And again, as much as this gut feeling is telling me that, hey, this is a game to watch going into this weekend, I think Ohio State takes it. I think they're fine coming out of the weekend. They got to prepare for bigger fish to fry down the road in Michigan State and Michigan, which... I think those that's next week and the week after, which is just crazy how quickly we've gotten to that point in this year. Yeah, it's flying by, man. It's flying by completely. Um, but even still, uh, yeah, I, I predict Ohio State to win this game. In terms of the guys to watch out for, like, again, you mentioned Adrian Martinez, obviously here. Ramir Johnson's quickly becoming one of my favorite redshirt freshmen that I've been watching this year. He's been getting involved in both the rushing and the passing game for Nebraska. Um, and then, obviously, Ohio State, start your studs. Garrett Wilson, yep. Chris Olave. Uh, honestly, Jackson, Jackson Smith and Jigba is quickly kind of joining in that role. He might be a top uh, round one pick next year for yes. um, for CFF. Um, and then obviously Travion Henderson, who's just been absolutely a monster this year. Um, go ahead and start him and all that good jazz. Um, but yeah, Ohio State, I think we're both predicting them. And we'll go ahead and move on to our next game here. Back to the Big 12 with this one. Uh Two teams that have really kind of been on some skids recently. Uh, both teams, both these teams lost last week. We got Texas at Iowa State. Iowa State, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This is the 7.30 game on Fox Sports 1. I'm still scratching my head over Iowa State's loss to West Virginia last week. Yeah, that that's I've, a strange one. I've never seen Iowa State's defense play that badly. Their offense was fine. Their offense kept them in that game and did enough. Usually that's the problem with Iowa State, but their defense, man, I don't know if it's um, Mike Rose being out, their star pass rusher being out, and them not being able to get after the quarterback quite as much, but even still, West Virginia threw all over Iowa State, and that is not a team that passes the ball a lot. So that definitely stuck out to me. And then you got Texas. Um who really after that Oklahoma game, it's kind of like the Falcons where it's just like right now blowing leads is just part of their culture. Like like everybody and their mother right now could um, could come back in Texas on Texas in the fourth quarter. I mean, we saw yeah. Oklahoma do it. We saw Oklahoma State do it. We saw Baylor do it last week. Like it, it's crazy. Like what are we looking at here, Brandon? 
Um, I meant before, you know, last week I was in a, you know, if I looked at this game, I'd easily like Ohio State's, you know, fifth in defense and all of FBS. Like there's no way that Texas can do it. But I think we're dealing with some injuries here, man. Like you were talking about, they might have some of their guys that are NFL draft uh, prospects that aren't, you know, that aren't playing. And then on the other side of the coin, I meant uh, I'm kind of that guy that sees it from afar. Um, I'll be honest with you. Texas has a terrible time of just tackling people in general. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen that. Oh, it's I've almost seen it. like they, they put hands on, like they put butter on their hands and they just like go to rap and then it's like, scoop. It's like little banana pill that pops out and stuff like that. Like, I don't get how you can not be that great at tackling. I mean, um, you know, my Tar Heels have a similar situation. That's why our defense is struggling, but uh, I mean, it's hard not to see, like they just can't wrap people up and that's not Texas football. Like I, it's been like that the past couple of years. And, you know, I know our good friend Scott Bogman, who's, uh, and I'm sure, you know, Kevin Brown that listens as well. Like they, they know what it's like to have a strong defense and to have mm-hmm. to see this for like the past, honestly, four to five years like this has been, it's been pretty tragic. Um, I don't know if Ohio State can't like figure something out. Xavier Worthy, he's going to feast. And so I think, uh, gosh, man, this is tough. I'm, my gut tells me Texas, man. I don't know why. I feel All like right. Ohio State might, they might, uh, Ohio State might be on a little bit of a slump here. I'm not sure, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take Texas as the upset this week. I was shocked when I saw that the the over under on this game wasn't higher because, like you've been touching there, both of these defenses have been having a real rough time recently. Yeah. And to me, you're talking about Xavier Worthy, but I think this game comes down to the two running backs, Brees Hall, Bijan Robinson, obviously two oh, yeah. of the biggest studs in CFF that we have out there. And I think both of them are going to feast in this game. And really, I think it comes down to not who has the last possession, but just who's able to run the ball a little bit better. Like you said, like Brees Hall, one of the best, um, one of the best running backs in the country is shedding some tackles, breaking through some holes while Texas offers up plenty of those. And then Bijan yes. Robinson is just Bijan Robinson. So like, yeah. he's going to get he's his fill. Yeah. Um, Although he was kind of shut down a little bit against Baylor last week. I do think that'll be interesting to see if Iowa incorporates some of the stuff that Baylor was able to incorporate. But I'm going to go the opposite with you. I'm going to go Iowa State here. I think playing at home is going to help them out a lot here. And then, again, I've seen what's happening with Texas before happen to my Falcons. And when you just get into these skids where you blow multiple leads in a row with these games, it some it's kind of like getting a case of the yips where... You just have it's hard to get over it and sometimes it just takes getting out of a season to get over it so i think if texas is winning at the beginning of the fourth quarter i wouldn't be surprised if they blow another lead here i know that's not expert analysis but even still no, like it's it, the eye test though it's so. it there's just something about texas in the fourth quarter right now where things shut down on them so i'm going to take iowa state to win this one so we've gone from sec the big 10 the big 12 now we're going out west. Uh, sorry, AACC, you don't have any helmet games for us this week. We're going out west. We're going to go to the Pac-12. And we got a battle for the Pac-12 South here. Uh, we got USC going at Arizona State. Arizona State, what the hell happened to them last week? Got absolutely blown out. And then yeah. USC um, uh, did a great it's job. Arizona, man. <laughs> I'm going to say. Um, so USC coming in. And they got Jackson Dart hopefully starting at quarterback now. They did lose Drake London last week, which that is just an absolute yeah. killer. But if there's one thing that USC is good at, it's next man up at wide receiver. They got Taj Washington. They got Gary Bryant Jr. Those are the two names that people are really throwing around right now for them. 
And then Arizona State coming off of a bad loss. Do they get a bounce back week here? Does Jaden Daniels have a little bit better time? Do they get Rashad White back? That was a huge, huge piece I think they were missing last week. So what do you think, Brandon? Um, Arizona State's so hit and miss, man. Like it's like one good week, one bad week. It's just the wishy-washy. Um, I don't... I don't know if it's just one player for Arizona State. I think it just kind of comes down to who their opponent is and, and the game plan. Uh, I like the next man option uh, for USC. Uh, I, I've always, you know, I thought Taj Washington was going to be that guy. I knew Drake London came with high regard, but honestly, I thought this year was the Taj Washington breakout. So he might actually get that ball started here this week. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually favor USC. Um, I like the matchup and I think they can, uh, they can overcome the the, the negative point eight point five difference between the two. I would say I don't know if I mentioned the spread here, but Arizona State is favored by eight and a half points. This is the uh, ten thirty game on ESPN, by the way. Again, for anybody I didn't mention that earlier. Um, again, that eight and a half seems wrong. Like just knowing what I, I know about both closer, of these like teams, way closer. Yeah. I would say that knowing what I know about these teams, I think Vegas knows something we don't hear. So I'm going to use that as my basis to take Arizona State. I think, again, they know something here. Playing at home, I think, is going to help Arizona State here because I believe they played at... No, they played at home against Washington State, so they got no excuses for that one. Um, <laughs> but even still... God, this one's hard. This, one, this one's hard for me because, again, like you said, you don't know what Arizona State team you're going to get every week. Do you get the Arizona State that absolutely crushed UCLA, or do you get the one that lays an egg against Washington State of all teams? Um, you know, because I just like the weapons on USC better. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take USC to win this one. All right. Uh, and like we, it. We, it feels weird to be picking an upset that big with eight and a half points, but you know. Hey, I took Texas, so there you go. <laughs> you're right, you're right. So those are our just kind of our games we wanted to talk about share some football insight and stuff like that on you but now we're going to hit those crazy over under games of the week um where we're going to give you a little bit more breakdown of what players we think you should be looking for in each of these games give you some deeper options if you're looking for some guys that are still hanging out on those waiver wires maybe so we'll go ahead and take a look at those starting off with our first game here we got a wednesday night game here so you guys if you're listening now this this game is on tonight so get your rosters set up accordingly fix Brandon there there we go fixed you all right and so this is the 7 p.m. game again Wednesday night on ESPNU over under on this game 66 and a half Brandon pick a team and which players are you starting on that team so the best part about November we get Maction Tuesday Wednesday all the way up until Saturday so this is perfect um, we're starting off with a uh, with a bang. Um, I'm going to favor the, uh, the the Western Michigan uh, Broncos there, and I'm going to take it because of uh, my guy Sky Moore, man. Him, uh, I forget the other name, and every time I'm on a different podcast, I always forget his Jalen name. Hall. But yes, the other wide receivers that are doing a fantastic job over in Western Michigan. Uh, that's the best thing about Maxon. There's no defense, man. So you just play your guys. This is what you do when it comes to these matchups. Um, like I said, Sky Moore is a definite confident play. Can't wait uh, to put him in on Wednesday and see how he does on there as well. Uh, Central Michigan. Uh, I'm I'm not quite. I, I I'll, I'll take if... I'll take Central Michigan here. I'll, I'll, yeah. So, okay. 
So Lou, Lou Nichols is absolutely the stud yeah. running back there that you gotta you gotta put down for yourself there. And then if you're looking for two guys at wide receiver, Ja'Cory Sullivan, he's been banged up a little bit as the season's kind of gone on. But when he is playing 100% in that game, he can take over a game at that wide receiver position. And then on the other side of him, first of all, great name here, Dallas Dixon, uh, wide yep. receiver. Great, great play, I think, if you're looking for just a um, high upside guy. He's, he's one of their deeper threats uh, for uh, Central Michigan. But this easily could be a game where both teams are grounding and pounding. So again, Lou Nichols for Central Michigan on Western Michigan side. Uh, Darius Jefferson is their main back, but also Sean Tyler has started making himself a name. So if you're in a really deep league and you really need somebody to pick up there, I think Sean Tyler is another fun name that you can pick up. Uh, but what about the quarterbacks here? Like, So Caleb Ellaby Caleb and I believe it's Daniel Richardson or I forget who's starting. Richardson starting, starting. yeah. Um, so what, what do you think about the quarterbacks here? Uh, like I said, both are great matchups. Uh, Ellaby, I think I would lean a little bit higher as far as a higher ceiling to kind of mm-hmm. go with. Um, Richardson, it kind of really just depends on, on the flow of things. If we are looking at the MAC itself, as far as defenses, what I think Western Michigan is actually doing I mean, fairly well. I mean, they're not as good as they used to. Like they usually, sometimes Western Michigan will find themselves in the top 50 on defense. Um, mm-hmm. Not currently this year. However, they're one of the better defenses in the MAC currently. So I think if we had to swing between the two uh, against against the pass, I'd probably take LB a little bit higher as far Fair as the versus Richardson for sure. All right. So we'll go ahead and move on to our second game here. Another match game, same time, same night, Wednesday, 7 p.m., ESPN2, over under of 60. We got Northern Iowa University at Kent State. Kent State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I'm going to start on this one. I'm going to take the Kent State Golden Flashes, and that's because my boy, Dustin Crum, ready to feast. Ready to feast on this matching schedule. (laughs) We have been waiting for so long. So long. he has delivered so far in these matching games. I think only one of them he's scored like even close to 20 points. Everything else, he has been hitting that, those 30-point, 35-point uh, games for you. He has been exceptional. And the big surprise of the year so far has been wide receiver Dante Deef, Dante Defus, Dante Cephas uh, for Kent State. He is the wide receiver one for them this year. And if you know anything about CFF in the past, if you can grab that wide receiver one for Kent State, you are feasting every single week when you are in action. Uh, another couple pieces that you could be looking out for, um, Nakeem Johnson definitely is a decent wide receiver pickup if you're looking for a deeper play. And then Marquez Cooper is a running back that I don't think a lot of people are talking about enough. When you have these when you have these offenses like Kent State, which are going to put up massive amounts of points every game that they're playing in, you want to pick up the, the running back, even if it's a pass-heavy offense, because once they get into those goal line situations, guess who they're likely going to give it to? The running back. So I think Marquez Cooper is definitely a play to get down here uh, with the high-scoring opportunities. So, Brandon, what are you thinking about Northern Illinois? So Northern Illinois has not been uh, – I would say they're, they're hanging in there. They're, they're still getting some, some wins on there. However, they're not the same team that beat NC State earlier in the year in game one uh, without Harrison Whaley, who's my boy that's sitting the bench on injury, unfortunately. They have uh, some – you know, the next man up option. I forget the current running back now, but he's kind of made a name for himself. I think he's a red shirt. I keep forgetting. Either you picked him up or someone did in the league. Uh, I, definitely, I, I picked up a wide receiver recently. For- okay. So it could have been somebody else. However, that that player, and I apologize, I, I slipped names basically. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking it up for you. See You're going as well. Find. But the running back position at Northern Illinois has been fantastic. Um, so if that's the current person. Ducker. Is, there we go. Ducker. Say it again. For, there you go. 
So uh, if, if he's getting the line share of the carries, then they're doing great. And that's the best thing is Kent State. Uh, great offense, not so great defense. Um, that's what you're going to probably hear about all MAC teams. However, um, that's the focal point that I always point at is if Whaley's out, take the next man up. The running back position definitely produces points out of Northern Illinois because they're ground and pound first. Um, I mm-hmm. do like their quarterback. Uh, once again, forget the name. However, Rocky Lombardi. There we go, Lombardi. And he actually gets it done on the ground and in through the air. He actually has a pretty strong arm. So if you're looking for some air raid yards and some you know actual uh, points on the board, I think he can make that happen for you as well. So Lombardi and the uh, running back, which you said was what, Ducker? Ducker. Yep, so look for Ducker and Lombardi as far as the matchup's concerned on the other side of the coin. Uh, Nolan, Illinois, uh, they're still in the process of finding their star wide receiver. They kind I mean, of Rich, you know, Richie's but, done fine for them pretty pretty recently. Yeah, but I'd say he'd probably be the most consistent. So, uh, But definitely Lombardi and, and Ducker this week against Kent State. Absolutely. And again, Kent State's defense is awful. So I imagine every piece of that Northern Illinois University um, team that you can put out there, I think will do, pay dividends for you. We'll hit up our third over-under game here. And, Brandon, I'm going to let you start off on this one. But we got number 10, Wake Forest at UNC. UNC, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This is the noon Ugh. game on ABC with a crazy over-under of 76-and-a-half points. Let me do the math real quick. Let me see. like, how, like So we got 70. Wait, hold on. 76.5. Have you seen Army Divided by Wake. two. Wait until UNC versus they're expecting both of these teams to basically hit the 40s here and and it's gonna happen there's literally both these teams are above uh 70th in defense and and under uh i think wakes at 100 and carolina's a 73rd ranked defense overall so look at it like this the acc has been the shootout Mm -hmm. conference this year it's been ridiculous with the fall of grace of clemson um the only strong team really holding it down on defense has been nc state everyone else is just firing on all cylinders uh you have the battle of what i call the sam i ams you got the sam the hitman heart versus my boy uh stunning uh sam howe it's ground game it's pass game it's everything that you've ever wanted you play all your players uh, start everybody everybody i'm talking i'm talking like running game like chandler uh, I'm talking like when you're doing, of course, downs is going to be the main target. You're also looking at, uh, was it Robinson or Robinson over in Wake? And then yeah. A.T. Perry. I like the sneaky A.T. Perry this week as well. Um, and if you're doing deep dive on uh, DFS at Antoine Green, the who's currently at the moment the wide receiver too, he's doing a little bit better than uh, than, than Joffrey Brown as he's still developing. I think well, Joffrey Brown's in, that, in the transfer portal. Oh, snap. Well, we just lost him. So. Shout out to the Brown brothers. Uh, Dami, at least you're still our, our thing, buddy. But um, so yeah, with him in the transfer, Antoine Green is now the definite wide receiver too. So we have I nothing think, to fear there as well. I think y'all also lost uh, just today, Emery Simmons. Uh, oh, he had the transfer portal. Okay. Uh, another <laughs> sleeky play from the guys that I know over at UNC is uh, Justin Olson. They talk very highly of okay. him. And I know he, he kind of sits behind all, all these star guys. Uh, but Justin Olson reminds me a lot of a Hunter Renfro, and that's what we get comparisons to uh, mm-hmm. out of Chapel Hills, that he can be that good slot receiver if put to the task. It's just a matter of giving him more reps. And uh, Sam hasn't really used him. He's used him on you know short plays and stuff like that. However, a lot of times uh, Sam's first read, or I'm talking Sam Howell's first read, is to look for the you know look for his main guys downs and green. He doesn't seem he usually takes off, um, or we might see a chunk, you know, a quick thing to Tyson uh, Chandler or to DJ Jones, whichever one's kind of in play there. Um, but on the other side of the corn, man, Sam, the hitman heart, and that dude's been on fire this year. There's a reason why week's number 10 in the nation. I mean, they're just literally outscoring anybody and everyone they're playing. 
I don't know, man. Uh, negative 2.5. Everyone, everyone always wants to favor Carolina. And don't get me wrong, I am Carolina to the, you know, to the day I die. However, uh, Wake is Wake is good this year. They're really good. Um, I, I I think it's going to be higher than the negative 2.5. I think we're going to probably cover the spread real easy. So uh, I'd probably lean Wake. But as far as fantasy options, man. Anyone and everyone playing this week for sure. Everyone probably. If, I think you've mentioned probably every name possible there. I'll throw in uh, <laughs> Christian Beal Smith running back yep. for Wake Forest, and then I also throw uh, Taylor Morin in as their third wide receiver option. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets one or two deep shots in this game as well. Yeah, crazy game. Great way to start the day, really, at that noon spot. I'll be watching my Georgia Bulldogs against Missouri because that's gonna, that should be an offensive shootout for our dogs, not for Missouri. Um, no, not for Missouri. <laughs> but uh, for but even still, I'll probably keep an eye on this game definitely throughout that noon slate because that just should so. be fireworks. Speaking of more shootouts on the noon slate, we got two more for go. you guys out here. But we got Liberty at Ole Miss. Ole Miss favored by nine and a half points. This is again a noon game on SEC Network. Over under on this game sixty seven and a half. This was a game that pretty much every CFF fan and their mother circled before this season started because Mm -hmm. we knew liberty was going to have a suspect defense we knew Ole miss was going to have a suspect defense and we knew malik willis and matt corral would be clashing in this game and god bless america they will be and this game should be an absolute shootout um in terms of guys to start obviously Ole miss hampered at the wide receiver position right now don terrio drama no real news as to whether or not he'll be ready for this game. But who stepped up in his place last week? None other than the man himself, Jacor Pearson, former wide receiver at Western, Western Kentucky. Kentucky, yeah. So he's finally on the map. All it took was friggin' everyone to go down. It took everybody to get injured, <laughs> but he's he's out there. He got seven receptions for over 100 yards last week, so I have to imagine he'll be getting a lot of special treatment this week as well if Dontario Drummond is, in fact, hampered. Uh, in addition to that... All three of the Ole Miss running backs, I think, are worth taking a look at in this game. You got Ely, you got Parrish, and you got Connor. All three of them worth looking at. And then Liberty, uh, again, Malik Willis, really that main guy. Uh, but even so, Douglas, the wide receiver, is somebody I take a look at here. Anybody else you want to throw out there, Brandon? Yeah, um, my guy CJ uh, Daniels, the freshman as well. Him and Willis actually have a really good rapport. Um, uh, in the spring game, they were connecting as well, and that's kind of translated now into the season. So definitely look at Daniels and Douglas. Uh, this is Malik Willis' time to shine in the, in, the, in the big spotlight. I mean, like, yeah, he's played these other ones, but now he's finally there where you have another Heisman. You have the Heisman contender, Matt Corral, and then you look at Malik Willis. Is he a pro guy? He definitely has all the tangibles to do it, but what is he truly capable of? Now you go up against a more banged up old Miss team and let, let's grant and like the defense isn't that great. Now's Malik Willis time to shine and see if in fact he is that dual threat option that people said that he was going to be and not just transcend CFF, but also transcend into the NFL as well. Um, so I think Willis is going to try to do his darndest because he, he wants to get drafted. Who doesn't want to be an undrafted free agent? That's not as much money. So, I mean, I know we're not talking, you know, this is CFF purposes, but as far as like, overall in the game this is a big deal for Malik Willis so I think this is his time to really not choke and really go all and out so we're definitely going to see a shootout I would say that Liberty is sneaky as far as defense their defense overall is ranked high but if you look at the eye test that's not the case so I don't feel like you have to really worry about Ole Miss or Ja'Kerry Pearson or you know some of the running backs to really to falter too much I'd just say um just be careful I wouldn't say trap game per se I would just say uh Liberty and the points 
Yeah, I would just say, uh, I would say I'm still taking Ole Miss, but I'm saying Liberty's going to keep this one a lot closer than the negative 9.5. It should have actually been a lot lower, to be honest with you. So, no, I think that's absolutely fair. And uh, Malik Willis, if you uh, don't want to go off to the NFL next year, I know every CFF owner in America would enjoy just seeing you back for another year. Yes, graduate. Take the portal, my friend. <laughs> and portal, or just just stick it at Liberty for another year. We're, we're, yeah, we're sure. there. Feast on that easy schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, one last uh, noon shootout game here. This time in the American, we got number 23 SMU, a five and a half point favorite at Memphis. Again, noon ESPNU game. Over on this game, the crazy 70 and a half. Um, I went first on the last one. So, Brandon, pick a team. And what, who are you starting on that team? Um, so, let's talk about Bentley. Is 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 the coach lying to us like what what's going on like is bentley truly completely healthy because if he is you play him this is how it's gonna go uh uh, mordecai i mean of course is definitely gonna be your guy that you're gonna Mm -hmm. focus on as well um of course the wide receivers uh sorry i'm forgetting the name uh but their top wide out uh right well danny gray rushy rice and reggie roberson really all three of those guys i think are players here so then you want to take those three to go along with it as well at SMU. Um, uh, like I said, if Bentley is completely healthy, I would be comfortable playing him against Memphis. Memphis uh, is ranking, I would say, in the top 70 as far as overall defense. So I think it's a little safer to play Bentley if he's healthy. But uh, check uh, check out our guy at FBS Fantasy Foot. Um, he does all the uh, updates before the game just to make sure you don't run into a same situation where he runs for four plays and then sits down the rest of the game. So kind of keep tabs on Bentley this week. Um, but who do you got on the Memphis side of things, man? I mean, on the, I do want to throw one more name out there for number sure. 23 smu and really again keep an eye on bentley but if he's not playing if you word comes out that he's not going to be getting much trey siggers that yep. is this is a guy that clearly they trust on the offense even when bentley's in he doesn't get as many yards per carry as bentley does but even still he's getting about the same number of carries even before bentley went down so i think he's absolutely a play going forward um if uh bentley continues to be out and if i'm looking up correctly uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, on the Memphis side of things, obviously Calvin Austin, uh, the Thoid, uh, as, as uh, Farnsworth likes to say, um, mm-hmm. you can't not play him. I think he's only had really one bad game so far this year. Uh, other than that, I see him absolutely dominating in this game. Um, and let's see, who else am I gonna look at? I mean, I would. I mean, Seth Hennigan again. SMU's passing defense. We saw with Clayton Toon last week. Any quarterback is going to feast against that pass that passing game for SMU or that passing defense for SMU. So I think Seth Hennigan's a start here. Uh, I'm yeah. going to throw out my boy J- uh, Javon Ivory. He's definitely one of my favorite younger players right now, and I think he can absolutely step up as that next wide receiver one for Memphis after Austin leaves for the NFL this year, probably. Um, and I want to recommend Brandon Thomas. I really do, but there's borderline coaching malpractice going on with Brandon Thomas where he'll get like eight, nine carries in a quarter, and then he'll go an entire quarter without carries. And then he'll come back at three, four carries, and then he's gone for another entire 15 minutes of game time. And I'm just like, what is going on here? I get Memphis is a passing team, but when your guy is getting you four or five yards a carry every carry, why are you taking him out of the game? Especially when you have a lead. That's the part I don't get. Memphis will have a lead, and they'll take out their best running back in favor of passing the ball. And I'm like, why? Why? 
Um, and then there, don't even don't even get me started on the time <laughs> where he fumbled like in the like on his second carry of the game, and the coach uh, benched him for the rest of the game. That crap pissed me off. Yeah. That pissed me off so badly because he had like four yards in that day, and I'm like, what just happened here? You were having a monster year so far, and then all of a sudden you got four yards in the day, not hurt, just benched. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. And they yeah. lost that game, by the way, so uh, they deserve that. Yep, that had it coming to them. So, any other games you want to throw out here on the Memphis side of things? Are you ready to move on to our next game? I think we're good. Let's let's go ahead and move on to one of my favorite games to pick on next. Yes, sir. I'll let you get started on. We got number App State. Number App State. We have App State favored by 21 points at Arkansas State. This is a 2 p.m. ESPN Plus game over under 68. Brandon, what do you like so much about this game? Uh, Arkansas State is dead last in defense they're also second to last when it comes to the run game so this is an appalachian state team that is very much on the edge of being in the top 25 if they slaughter arkansas state that's a you know that's an impressive uh showing to be like yeah it was arkansas state but look how bad we beat them and if they can really put on the hurt on arkansas state we're looking at a probably a top 25 team like we discussed earlier in the show um you're gonna you're playing everybody i mean you're gonna play uh actually Let's see, you're going to play Peoples and you're going to probably play Noel. I think both mm-hmm. of them will probably get in the end zone in this game because it's Arkansas State, like I said, 129th against um, the rush defense. The only other team that sucks worse is Missouri, who Georgia Bulldogs will get to play. Another yep. uh, another fun one we'll get to watch as well. Um, but we're also looking at Corey Sutton. We're looking at Hennigan. We're also looking at Malik Williams or, as well, uh, the third option. I think uh, everyone feast and Chase Bryce is going to put up an impressive uh, showing against Arkansas State. Um, this is a game where, you know, you don't have to pick and choose your Appalachian State players. Literally, you could play them all with confidence. And I think you're going to get more than 10 fantasy points apiece, if not more, from every single one of them that we're talking about. That's how much I think the Arkansas State is going to get slaughtered here. I mean, look at the the negative 21. That's probably one of the highest I think I see on this entire slate. So, yep. I mean, 68 points. Yeah. Arkansas State, I think, will score some. But I think the majority of that 68 points is going to come from Appalachian State. Easily 40 points. Easy. I mean, I agree with you 100%. And I guess we'll talk about the Arkansas State side of things here. And really, it's just the same guys who play every single week. I mean, Lane Hatcher hopefully has finally solidified his role as the QB1 for Arkansas State. So he'll get some work. But really, it's those three wide receivers, Surveillance Hunt, uh, Jeff Foreman, and Corey Rucker. All three of those guys, I think, are safe plays in this game because Appalachian State definitely... While it has a better, much better passing defense than Arkansas State does, I think those guys are still going to feast. And then Lincoln Pair is the name I've been seeing from a lot of people to really kind of keep an eye on uh, for Arkansas State going forward. A true freshman, kind of broke in, took over that running back room for Arkansas State. So I think those are your plays on the Arkansas State side of things. I was going to actually recommend the same thing. Uh, I picked up Lincoln Pair just on a prayer and hoping that maybe he would take over things a little sooner than he has. And surprisingly, he's got more than probably like 10 fantasy points a game. He's been very consistent. Still so are not you saying to he's be a like, Lincoln Prayer? He's Lincoln Prayer, but he's Lincoln Pair. And if you're in a dynasty league, go go check him out. Just go look at the yeah. stats. I think you'd be impressed. I think he's like barely like 5% owned. So there you go for our, our dynasty friends out there. Definitely take a look at Lincoln Pair. Uh, but he's a prayer this week only, I would say. But at the other time, I'd say he's a, he's a play option for sure. 100%. We'll hit up our next game here. We got MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University at Western Kentucky. Middle Tennessee State, by the way, I think it might be the only CUSA team that has yet to find a home with the absolute destruction that is going on to CUSA right now. 
anyway, this is a 3.30 game. This one is not available on um, on cable as far as I've been able to find over under this, in this game. This is a travesty. People want to see Western Kentucky, man. No joke. I love watching Western Kentucky. Those WKU routes are... Day. Dude, those routes... <laughs> that offensive system is such a thing of beauty to watch. Like, mm-hmm. it is so natural just the way the receivers all just start um and run their routes it's so beautiful anyway yes um over under this game 68 and a half obviously actually i'm gonna leave western kentucky for you because i want i want to talk about uh middle tennessee state here i'll throw some of those guys out here sounds good um really the the main guy here chase cunningham uh we all used to love um astro o'hara uh dual threat quarterback for middle tennessee state back in the day and he transferred out chase cunningham comes in now that he's in cusa competition Oh man, those legs have started churning. He has really become a viable option for fantasy. And he's got two wide receivers that he's really um, built a rapport with. You got Marshall and you got um, Pierce, uh, Jaron Pierce. I think both of those guys are plays. I would not touch the running back room for Middle Tennessee State. They cannot settle on one guy to save their life. I think they have like six or seven guys that have all gotten over 30 or over 30 40 carries in, in the year but like all of them have less than 60 it's crazy so i say those are the guys cunningham marshall pierce those are the guys who look at middle tennessee state uh brandon why don't you take care of our guys on the western kentucky side so western kentucky uh of course bailey zappy the the pride and joy of cff this year the quarterback position Definitely going to feast tons of tons of options. He's got his boy Stearns. He's definitely going to be the top-notch guy. Uh, I love Mitchell Tinsley, the only guy that didn't come out of the uh, the Bishop team from mm-hmm. FCS moving up to the main one. I think he's got a great report, and he is definitely a great flex play, if not a starting wide receiver this week as well. Um, and we talked about a couple of weeks ago, like Western Kentucky, if they get a little bit of a run game going, that's even more uh, of a threat. And they're starting to see some – some running back option. Uh, so I, I, I forget his name. I'm sorry. It's eluding me again. Uh, but their main starting running back is actually starting to get some play. So look for him as well. Uh, Western Kentucky is just so fun to watch. Like I said, you see such the chemistry from a team that literally transferred together, which I think you're going to see what we talked about in our podcast, uh, that you're going to see a lot more of a copycat type system where people are going to leave like a William and Mary or Jackson State, and they're going to transfer together to a certain school and then kind of see that on the FBS scale of things. Especially um, so you, if it's a school like Western Kentucky that doesn't have yeah. a ton of history, it doesn't have a ton of identity associated with right. it. And they're just building into a, a, to a program that people can be proud of. And if I was a wide receiver, I'd be looking at Western Kentucky all day mm-hmm. for sure. Especially, I mean, especially if, you're, if you're trying to get into the, to the yes. Yeah, go ahead. I would like say, especially if you're spot. not one of these like top like four or five star wide receivers, like you're not getting offers from Bama or offers from Ohio State and stuff like that. But if you're one of those top or if you're one of those guys where you think you got the talent and everything, you need a place to show off. West Kentucky has now become a very, very good option for you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so those are the guys I'm playing. I'm playing with confidence. This is going to be, a, a, like I said, another shootout, another gunsling. And how pretty is the the routes that you see out of Western Kentucky? It's it's rare to see in the college level. So uh, I just I hate that it's not on TV. So, But uh, just be looking on your box scores and, uh, and just be expecting some points because it's going to be a showdown for sure. 100%. We'll have our eighth game. We got nine of these games for you guys tonight. Typically, we don't have that many, but all the shootouts are this week, apparently. So we'll hit up Utah State playing at New Mexico State. This is a 4 p.m. game, also not available. Uh, over under this game, 71. 
I'm taking the Utah State players here, and really, it's because I'm not trusting anybody on New Mexico State ever. Uh, mm, but I can trust honestly. anybody playing against UT or New Mexico State. And here we got Devin Tompkins, uh, the wide receiver for them. He's been an absolute stud for the, uh, the Aggies so far this year. Logan Bonner against New Mexico State. I absolutely will be playing. I am playing him in several leagues this week that I'm struggling at quarterback in. So I picked him up off the waiver wire for this week. Um, and then some other guys you want to look out for. Uh, Derek Wright is the kind of become the wide receiver too there, become one of their favorite targets for the end zone uh, this past couple of weeks. So I think he's a play there, absolutely. So, Brandon, you got anybody else you want to mention in this game? Nope. I think that you play your prime suspects and you kind of just move on from this one. New Mexico State, there's really nothing to talk about if we're being very honest. So. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would I would definitely agree. But apparently Vegas thinks they're going to put up some points because that 8.5 yeah, is not the I'm, greatest. They're seeing something that we're not seeing. So apparently there might be, I don't know if there's a, a stud wide out there in New Mexico State, but I don't know, maybe take a look just in case you're in a really, really deep struggle to try to uh to try to win win the season or win excuse me win this game or win this week uh there might be a new mexico state player out there that's uh you know being a little bit suspicious and starting to produce some points so good luck though if you're doing that so yeah say, if, if you're if you're looking there you, you might be already in trouble in that league yeah you must be in a super deep league if you're doing that so exactly so we'll look up here our final game of the day uh we started the sec we're going to end in the sec we got out we got lsu at number four alabama no number three alabama i'm done three now so lsu at number three alabama alabama favored by 28 and a half in this game this is the 7 p.m espn primetime game over under in this game 66 points so obviously we could look at the bama side of things but let's look at the lsu side of things do we think there's any value on the LSU side of this game? I'm going to say some. Yes. We've seen quarterbacks so far, when they get hot against Bama's defense, able to put up some points. We saw Hendon Hooker put 25 points up on Bama just not too long ago. And Murray Jones, when he played Bama, had a pretty good day. So it's like which Bama defense shows up? The one that played Tennessee with tons of mistakes, tons of miscues, or does the one against Mississippi State where they absolutely shut down that entire air raid system show up? I'm going to say probably somewhere in between, but that's still enough for me to say that Max Johnson is definitely worth a look here. John Emery Jr., if you're, stu- if you're stuck in a league and maybe looking for a guy that's just sitting out there on the waiver wire that maybe somebody dropped after getting frustrated last week when he didn't produce a ton versus Ole Miss. Maybe take a look there. Or two weeks ago when he didn't produce against Ole Miss, so maybe take a look there. Um, in terms of wideouts, Dre Jenkins was the guy that really kind of stood out in the Florida game. He Again, not much really happened at the Ole Miss game, so it's kind of hard to tell from there. But again, I think he's definitely the wide receiver play that if you want to play a guy you look at him uh but brandon who are we looking at on the bama side of things i think this is definitely where people are going to find their value in this game yeah absolutely um one i just have to state for the record john john emory jr has disappointed me thoroughly for the past couple years oh same. i i hope he has some glimpse that's left in him i have drafted Uh, one freshman one freshman in any of my CFF drafts in recent years, it, it's it's it because of this. It was enough to put me off completely of uh, drafting freshmen for the most part in redraft leagues, yeah. Yeah. and that was John Emery Jr. 
<laughs> that was John Emery. I was yes. so excited about him going to LSU, and he has flat out disappointed. Wait, was I saying John Emery Jr. that entire time? Yeah. Oh my God, I meant Tyrion Davis Price. What is uh. wrong with me? What is wrong with me? <laughs> Please, I I really hope not too many people like. Oh uh, my God, I'm embarrassed. I hope too many no. people didn't turn off the podcast when they heard me hyping no. up John Emery Jr. there for a second. He's not even eligible no. to play anywhere. What is wrong with me? Never mind. Then yes, Tyrion Davis Price. Price. Okay. Worth a play. John Emery Jr. is a disappointment, has been a disappointment, and as far as I'm concerned, probably will be a disappointment going forward. Funny story, and you know, if you if you want to spread the embarrassment, oh, one of my first times of doing like a fabulous freshman series through uh, CFFU was about John Emery Jr. He's my black stain. He's the one thing I cannot erase, and that uh, I've been tied to, unfortunately. That uh, you know, I wave the banner of, hey, take John Emery Jr. He's the next big running back to. Do it wrong. Years later, it's Travion Henderson, boys and girls. Um, but at the same time, would have been Bijan Robinson last year if Tom Herman could coach. Yes, that's true too. Bijan got. I mean, gosh. Uh, but yes. All right. Enough about January. Let's talk about Alabama, and that is my boy John Mitchie, the Thoid. Um, he's, you know, at first we we're all just trying to figure out like, is John Mechie going to take on this leadership role going to take on the top dog spot? And he got, you know, first was Jamison Williams. He's, you know, definitely proven why he deserved to be a transfer and start at uh, Alabama. And, you know, he's still very much a viable option, but John Mechie, the third has definitely come on real strong and he's putting up some fantastic numbers. He's been my go-to guy. Um, you know, I drafted and won the higher rounds in our dynasty league on purpose, knowing that he is a higher, you know, uh, you know, he's not a, a sophomore freshman, but I took that chance because I know he was willing to win now and that mm-hmm. he was capable of putting the points needed. And now he's doing that and doing it in full force. So him and Bryce Young definitely are doing their thing. Um, I don't know if there's still an issue with their uh, freshman. What is the Agile? I think he was talking. Uh, Jai, I, mm, if, if you're watching me, on, if you're watching me on uh, YouTube, uh, yeah, you can see me kind of, you, you can see me kind of cutting my throat yeah. a little bit. I, in Dynasty, I would I would hesitate putting too much value on a Jai Hall going forward with some of the things I'm hearing. My my sister goes to Bama and she's got a friend that's close with the football team, and uh, there there's some things I'm hearing right now that a Jai Hall's future at Bama might be in question going forward. Yeah, he's gotten himself in trouble in Twitter, and uh, Mechie's kind of trying to be his mentor, telling him that his time will come, that this is Alabama, that it might take a couple years before you're in that spotlight, and then you get drafted like the Smiths, and God knows how many great receivers like Judy and the rest of them Mm -hmm. that are now playing in the league. It's going to happen. You have the talent. You just have to be patient because Bama has so much talent there. Let Bryce Young just do his thing and find your option. Your time is coming, you know? If you're looking for a guy that's – Two guys that are maybe going to step up in this game going forward that are younger guys. I mean, Jojo Earl. Yeah. Uh, this was a guy Earl. that Bama wanted badly. And once, mm-hmm. basically, um, as soon as they didn't get Xavier Worthy, they just called up Jojo Earl and said, hey, we know you're com- you're about to commit to LSU, but you want to come to Bama? And Jojo Earl said, bet. And yeah. so... Hop, and hop, he's betting on it. And so he he's now at Bama. Train. Probably the most productive, I'd say, out of that uh, crazy class of wide receivers that Bama has brought forth from this past year. Um, so far, uh, Christian Leary and stuff like that, like those other guys, they're doing fine for themselves. But um, another kind of younger guy, Treshawn Holden, that is a name I think yeah. a lot of people are kind of forgetting, but I think he's starting to kind of make a name for himself. Maybe not as a one or two option, but definitely as a consistent third option for Bama going forward. I think he can get some value out of him going forward. 
But, yes, I think the wide receivers out of Alabama and Bryce Young, the quarterback, is the main focus. I still think the running backs are going to do their thing. LSU is not the defense that we know of as far as the run game in the past couple of years. Uh, so you can look for that Robinson uh, type situation where he'll probably fall in the end zone. I'm just – I don't know if you feel the same way, but, like, Alabama running backs, it just does remind me of the same, like, Najee and Damian Harris, like these well, we dominant running backs. that. Like, yeah, it, it, the, the more but typical – now we're getting, like, a BB, like, you know, running back by committee situation now. Alabama almost feels like, which is weird because you just have one dumb and a guy that just runs on everybody. You know? I'm, I'm going to check you on that real quick because I, yeah, I, the, because be. Robinson really has come on strong for Bama yeah, in recent absolutely. times. And I, I remember earlier in the year, um, let's see, okay, against Tennessee, um, Brian Robinson had 26 carries, uh, Royal Williams had eight. The game before that, Roy Dell actually had more yards than him, so I'm curious to see. But that was also a heavy, heavy passing game from Bama. Yeah. So we'll see. That's yeah, Brian Robinson got 19 off. carries in that game and two touchdowns. Okay, so maybe so he still had the maybe. most amount of carries. So I think I think Robinson really is a clear play at this point. He's the number one back for Bama going forward, for sure. Um, it, which a lot of people like thought was not possible. Radar. Yeah, I mean, I'll, honestly, I didn't think Robinson was gonna win the, the position i mean i know it was seniority and everything like that but like uh, it helped that jace mcclellan's now out and then addition uh, sanders yeah that's still banged up so and then I mean, kamar wheaton it. also got injured so you didn't see him yeah. come on as a freshman so maybe that all that stuff helped but even so brian robinson has provably cleared yeah proven himself enough so far you're gonna run so i mean bama can run regardless um so i mean like you know play playing with confidence uh but this is a great game for alabama to kind of put it up and uh Negative 28.5. Yeah, I think it can happen for sure. Oh, 100. Especially at Alabama. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I think uh, LSU will start playing like it'll look like maybe like Alabama might be like, okay, maybe they'll stick in it for like the first two quarters, but give it to the third quarter, man. And then I think they they go wide open afterwards. There are a lot of coaches that like to call off the dogs like after a certain point with some of the teams they face. But every once in a while, you have that team where even as nice of a coach as, as it's going to be, as much of a sportsmanship as they might have. They're gonna. They're not gonna call the dogs off on a certain team. Ohio State. That's Michigan. Georgia. Yeah. That's Florida. Like they're they're <laughs> for Alabama. It's LSU. They're they're yeah. gonna run the score up on LSU yeah, as much as they can. Yes, absolutely agree. So yeah, definitely uh, look for your wide receivers, running back, and Bryce Young this week for Alabama for sure. Absolutely. So with that, that covers basically everything we we're uh, set to cover in this show. Brandon, I appreciate you hopping on pretty much last minute here. Uh, to take over for Xavier, you've been an incredible co-host for me today. I'm sure people are, have enjoyed listening to you today. Uh, please remind the people everywhere where they can find you, what what you're working on, all that good jazz. Yeah, absolutely. Once again, thanks again for having me. It's been an honor. Uh, like I said, I love this podcast. I like listening to it every single week. Um, I'm Lux again. I'm Brandon Sanders. You can find me at Brandon T. Sanders on Twitter. Uh, but you can find the the main website. It's at CFF University over on Twitter as well. Like I said, we have a podcast that comes out every Friday morning at 6 a.m. for those that are on the East Coast. So for anyone that's waking up in the morning, you have something that you can drive to work with and listen to. Like I said, we focus on main things in the DFS slate as far as prize picks. So we're focusing on the player and their fantasy production. Um, you get a quarterback, running back, and wide receiver for each slate on Friday and Saturday. Uh, use that promo code CFFU to do that as well. We also post the graphics on Friday and Saturday, so be on the lookout for that so then you can actually see it in physical form. And that way you can decide if you want to make those predictions or not um i'd say uh you know we've only been like uh i'd say 50 percent last week but 100 percent the week before with jared 
But overall for the season, we've been at about 68% overall. So, hey, that is on the up and up. So we will take that. Um, so we're definitely winning people some money. And uh, we do do a segment where we're talking about, uh, you know, like we looked at one of these matches. We look at one in particular a piece. So I always have like a guest host. So mm -hmm. uh, all your favorites like Jared here and then a few of the guys in the industry will be on there. Uh, we're going to have Josh from at CFF Guys this week. So be on the lookout for that this week as well. So that'll be shoot. that'll be a fun one. Uh, but, yeah, find us every Friday morning at 6 a.m. And then be on the lookout for those graphics. and. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening in. Like I said, Brandon, it's been an honor having you back on here. And I had so much fun on your show. I figured, why not bring you on to this show, especially with Xavier out for the day? I figured you'd make a great co-host. And I was 100% right. Uh, for all you guys listening, you guys know where to find us. Follow us on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe there. Ring that notification bell. Leave comments down below on our Spotify. Make sure you're following us there. Apple Podcasts, follow us there. Make sure you're leaving those five-star reviews. We love them to death. On Twitter, you can always catch me and Xavier. I am at CFF underscore Jared. He is at CFF underscore Xavier. I am always accessible there, whether it's through DMs or you just at me with one of your fantasy questions. I try to answer each and every one of them to the best of my ability. Sometimes it might take me a little bit longer because I might have to, I, I like to do a little bit of research sometimes before I fully answer somebody, make sure it's not just uh, off the top of my whim, all that good jazz. But even so, I appreciate y'all listening so much. Make sure you catch... Hopefully we can uh, get you out the Kings Classic podcast later this week. We were not able to record that last week, but hopefully we'll be able to record that this week. Regardless of all that, thanks again for coming on, Brandon, and everybody else. Have a wonderful and blessed day.